Hello and welcome to Cage Club. Two fans over 100 movies, one cage. This is episode 115, Sympathy for the Devil from 2023. I'm your host, Mike Manzi. Ooh, your host. Oh, wow. Informal. <laughs> I'm Mike Manzi. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, we just watched this in your house. Yes, together. New Cage, third of the year. We had the old way in January. We had mm-hmm. Renfield, well, fourth, mm-hmm. Flash. All right. Just yeah. in the flash. Yep. Got another one or two this year. Crazy. All very different cage. This is... Okay. I'm, uh-huh. tr- I'm trying to think. Remember when we did Keanu Club and we did John Wick and I'm like, yes. I didn't love it. And people were like, I'm never listening to your show. <laughs> I don't well, think it's going to happen. part four. But... I know. I don't think it's going to happen here. This is not the cage that I like. I, I think, This is the cage yeah. that we're given the most often now. And I'm, t- I'm just... You're still tired. It's crazy cage. It's been a. I feel like it's been a while. I've unbearable weight. Nikki, the character Nikki. I thought that might be the last time we'd see this cage for a while, and it and it kind of has been. It's been over a year, and most of his performances have been kind of subdued. But before that, then, Prisoners of the Ghostland was this. Willie's Wonderland was kind of this. Jude's like it's all. It's it's the VOD. It's the like. I think the issue is that when he gives us a real performance, it's like, wow, just do that. Yeah, do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that this is okay. The movie's not good. No, he's fun to watch. He's giving it his all. He doesn't. He's he doesn't care what's happening in the movie. He's down with this character and he's in it. Joel Kinnaman's given absolutely nothing to do in this movie. Yeah, like, I feel pretty bad. I mean, he's a he's a good actor. Once you realize that he was um, like lying the whole movie you know what i mean and but it just sucks that like when you, only, when you realize that he's the bad guy it's like oh yeah yeah because he's a pretty good actor as far as like hey man what's going on here i didn't do nothing and you got the wrong dude and then at the end he's like i wasn't the wrong dude i was the right dude all along <laughs> he's just like i knew it oh fuck i knew it so we just recorded an episode of viva pod vegas which will probably be out after this because i edit both and this is going to be a much shorter episode than that so i'll do this probably first but like one thing we talked about in that episode, which we talked about at the very end of watching this movie, is that you said movie says so, where it's just like the movie's like, you know, these people are here all along and say it was them. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, but you have to like show us this. Yeah, and like, yeah. What's really frustrating about this movie. So what this movie is about, if you've not seen it, it's not streaming for free anywhere. You have to rent it. But um, let me read the IMDb plot summary. Oh, I got this. Go for it. Okay. Because um, this is only one. Can you do it in one sentence? On the night that a guy's wife is about to give birth, Cage carjacking kidnaps him, takes him on a night through hell to get Deliberately him. Deliberately using commas here. To get him to convince, no, to get him to um, admit? Uh, admit that he's responsible for the death of his wife and kid. After being forced to drive a mysterious passenger at gunpoint, a man finds himself in a high stakes game of cat and mouse where eh. it becomes clear that not everything. Is as it seems. Okay, I, yours I is better. Yours, is, yours is more accurate. Mine's more sure. of a mine's more of an Elvis tagline with all the commas and <laughs> a dude ranch for girls. Um, <laughs> also in Vegas. I mean, that's not Vegas, but that was somewhere out oh, west, right? Ghost ranch. Town. Oh, I thought you meant the dude. Anyway, so what's frustrating about this is that you know it's, it, it follows a sort of collateral thing where it's like psychotic passenger torments driver. Right. 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 But. This movie's like, but what if there was a secret? And it's like, okay. Well, because what it was the other movie that I brought up way late was um, 
the Cronenberg movie with um, History of Violence. Oh, right. Right? So it's like trying at some point to be like, you had a bad past and like yeah. you're making a new life and you came out here, you thought you could run away from your past. Yes. But it shies. You could never outrun your past. It, it, yeah, you should know better. Uh, but it shies away from all of that. Like that would have been fun to play with. The issue is that there's only two ways it shakes out. Either Cage has the wrong guy, which basically means this isn't a movie. Mm-hmm. Or Cage has the right guy and we're like, oh no, he did something bad. Yeah. And that's what happens. Yeah, but I feel like the movie would have been way cooler and more interesting if he had the wrong guy. Well, that's why- That like, never happens. Well, spoilers, not really spoilers, but like The Strangers, the horror movie The Strangers. Okay. They're like, why are you doing this? And they just say, because you were home. Like, we just want mm-hmm. to torment we're someone. Like, it's just, yeah, right? Yeah. It's a game. And so like, that's cool. Like that, I don't know if that's satisfying, but it's cool. It's interesting. But this is like- what if this guy, who you know nothing about, had another life that we're going to kind of explain to you in like a really roundabout way 75 minutes into the movie? What if he did some bad stuff? And it's like, all right. Okay. I, I even thought it was going to be more removed from that and be like, oh, they don't know each other like personally at all. And Joel Kinnaman did something and Cage's wife and daughter were like collateral damage. And like he never even knew that they died. Uh, you know, and like even that would have been more interesting to be like, I got the right guy, but the guy doesn't know he did anything wrong. And I have to like, you know, drill it into him what he did. And then at the end, if he was like, I never knew or like, I'm sorry, you know, but it's just at the end, it's almost like a, tries to be like a gotcha. Well, I told you an hour in. I'm like, oh, I know what happened. Oh, I know. And yeah, I you did. You turned to me. <laughs> and you're like, oh, yeah. And then it wasn't that. But I was just like, it was like close enough. One of the very first things is like Cage is like, how long ago did you stop drinking? He's just like, I don't remember. You would remember, but whatever. But I thought, oh, because like Cage keeps saying, like, you still have your wife and kid. You still have your wife and kid. It's like, oh, well, Joel Kinnaman, drunk driving, killed Cage's wife and kid, sent Cage down this, like, spiraling whatever. Yeah. And now Cage's out for vengeance, which makes sense. But they're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> what if there's the Boston mob <laughs> and Cage's wife is getting a little bit lippy? No, it's even crazier than that. So what if Cage had to execute someone and his wife walked in on them and she can't live with it and is having like problems seeing this. It's not like they would have taken care of her immediately or whatever, but then, so they send another hitman to take care of Cage's wife. And at the same time, his daughter gets shot. And so they blaze the whole house up and disappear. That's what really happened. Right? I know. Yeah. It's, you know, that's even, that, that's even dumber. It just feels like it's missing a certain thread somewhere. Like he's like, oh, we're going to drive you to the tarmac and see the boss and take the. And I'm like, I said to you, we better get to the tarmac by the end of this movie. Guess what, folks? Never get to the tarmac. Not even close. Not even the ballpark. They're going in the opposite direction so of the airport. At some point, Cage and Kinnaman were like coworkers. Well, they worked. They both were. For the mob. Yeah. One ran numbers, one was a hitman. Cage was the numbers guy, I think. And Kinnaman was one of the one of the hitmen. But they never worked together because they don't rec- like he doesn't recognize Cage. No. And, and even at the end when he was like, You got the right guy and I did kill your wife, but like I didn't know it was you kind of thing. Like right. how could I have known by looking at you that I was it was your wife I killed? Aye, aye, aye. But you know. But well, I guess he would have known because of the name. There's a lot of plot holes now that we're talking about this. The movie's not good. So here's some good things about it. Cage's first appearance, 
standing in the hospital underground, leaning against a, a wall, just sort of menacingly from yeah. afar. Very yeah. cool. Um, him telling Kinnaman to pick a card was kind of fun. That was fun. The first words out of his mouth. I like this hair. Pick he had the uh, Woody Woodpecker hair. Yeah, so there's I need to be true. There's not a lot of trivia about this. Number one, during the Q&A, the director and producer revealed the passenger's red hair was a choice made by Nicolas Cage, and then he just showed up to set with it. And the only other real, um, oh, actually, no, number three answers a question we had during the movie. Number two, the film was originally set in New York during the winter, but was changed to Las Vegas. I could see it working a little better in New York. It is, it's basically in a ghost city. Like, we talked about ghost towns in the, in the Elvis episode. This is like, what a Vegas, but no one was there. It's like post-apocalyptic Vegas. Well, that's why I thought it might have been COVID shot movie. during COVID, because not only are there just two guys in the whole movie, basically, but, like, there's no one on the road. Like, there's no one on the road. There's very few people and traffic and action going on around them. So that was another thing. Also, like, I also leaned to you at one point, and it seems like the the projection, like, the, the car effects of the windows, like, it was a different frame rate than, like, inside of the car. So here's trivia number three. Marks the first time a feature film used, utilized virtual production technology in the, the state uh, of Nevada. So that's the volume. I think that's the volume. I mean, it's not the volume, but it's but the it's volume. The vo but it's volume light, and that's why it looked kind of like just rear screen projection at times. But not that that's bad, but it's just they need to match the frame rate. It looked like sort of 720p when we were watching it in 1080p. That kind of stuff, Well, it too. looks just like it doesn't look good. And, like, there's the scene. So we were noticing it when, like, Kinnaman speeds past the cop and gets pulled over, right? And, like, when he's driving, it's like the back looks weird. Like, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look bad. It just looks weird. Like, it looks yeah. off. And yeah. then... They change the camera angle and you see when he gets pulled over, it's like actually them in the car. It's like, oh, no, this looks normal now. Yeah, yeah. And like you're like your brain's like, is this weird? And then you're like, oh, no, it was weird because now it looks normal and I can tell that it looks normal. So there you go. I, I mean, I joked about the volume, but they got they got a version of it. Other things I liked. Cage saying, I'm your family emergency now. It's pretty funny. Yeah, he's got some great lines in this one. I want it to be 100% sex tonight, and you knocked me down at 50% sex, and then he does the Edward G. Robinson impression. Like, oh. I don't I don't like this generally, right? Like, I don't like the cage being crazy for the sake of being crazy. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works. I, I, this is, I think this works better than usual because he's playing a crazy guy. He's playing an unhinged guy from the start, and other times this happens, it feels a little out of left field, or it feels like off the wall more it feels like they're sneaking it in but this it just genuinely feels like it, it's called for that's why i mean don't get me wrong i recognize that it's more bombastic like more bombastic than than he usually puts it instead like this is what he means when he's like going for it yep. uh but i just felt like the at least the role in the film the film definitely needed the energy I'll say that much. Well, because and, like, and he with, keeps with, it up. He keeps it up like it's an exercise. It's like watching a guy work out almost. So we were talking. You asked while we were watching. You're like, how many movies has he done in Vegas? And like we counted. There's. Then we're probably gonna miss some. But Leaving Las Vegas, Honeymoon in Vegas, The Con Air ends in Vegas. You mentioned The Trust. Mm -hmm. Others, right? We do we have others that we mentioned. I think there's other. Um, Mom and Pop might have taken place there. Mom um, and Dad. Or Mom and Dad. Where did that take know. place? Maybe, that was Maybe that's in the desert or somewhere. Anywhere. Anyway. anyway. But. When you brought that up, something that it reminded me of is when I saw, and I mentioned this in the episode, when I saw the trust at South by Southwest at the world premiere, not to brag, <laughs> like it's not bragging, it just sounds snobby, but like it's not whatever. Anyway, getting in my own head about it. But the directors are like, look, 
there's two ways. You make a movie, you give Cage half your budget, like the yeah. movie gets made, yeah. but like you don't have money for other stuff, right? And I feel like that's the same kind of thing here, just like without Cage in this movie, it either doesn't get made or no one sees it. Yeah, yeah. You said that, like, it's not the kind of thing you'd watch without him in it. With Cage... It was in theaters, at least some theaters for a little bit. Yeah, it played uh, at least for a week or so. And we're talking about it. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It's it's the kind of thing. But, like, this is very formulaic yeah, VOD yeah. schlock. Well, that's the thing. I think we, we came up with a couple tiers. We have some tiers. But oh, we, we came haven't up done with the some, tiers in a long time. I know, but we have some new ones now because of the way his career sort of been on the uptick with the theatrical stuff. And it's that, like, he now he, he kind of does the stuff for the mass, the general audience, which is, like, Renfield. I think this is a separate thing. We have tiers. Okay. But I also think with, like, the who is this for. But the tiers that we used to have were good movie, crazy slash fun, okay, 211. Yeah, so this is okay. This is in the okay between okay and crazy fun it, for it, me. Yes, it yeah. borders on crazy fun. Uh, but but now we have like the Renfields, which are like mass appeal, general uh-huh. audience, and theatrical people we, who are like, oh, he's back. Yeah. Oh, I like Cage, but I don't want to watch like I don't want to dive back and look for a fun Cage movie to watch. I'll watch this one. This looks fun. Then we have like the VOD crowd, which generally catering to like us, like the hardcores and. You know, they're hit and miss. We either we get crazy cage and it works or crazy cage and it doesn't work. Uh, and then we're starting to get more of stuff like pig and the one coming out after this um, about the dreams and stuff. Dream like we, scenario. Dream scenario, which seem to be more like, you know, uh, uh, like geared towards actual films of uh, like standards, like, uh, like, like, like good movies, like not just good movies, but I mean, like, like award, award yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. bait kind of stuff. Like he's actually, you know, he's in those kind of tier section again where it's like you know just like this stuff which can be considered throwaway garbage then then the fun stuff in the theaters and then like the serious stuff well because we, when we were watching we we're like there is there's again not a simple but who is it for it's like for film nerds sort of right for the masses which is renfield for cage which is like th- this no this i don't know what i guess the key just wants to work well that's what you were saying right because like he is working here. It's not like he's phoning anything right, in. He's doing stuff. He's doing new stuff. He's doing wild stuff. And he's also doing callback stuff like the Edward G. Robinson. So like we were talking about that Paul Schrader movie since this movie started. Yeah. Like we were talking about Dog Eat Dog and like, that's a not lot. A good movie. It's no. just, it's this kind of thing. But like, yes. but Schrader brings something more interesting. Like this is well, like. He's got, because ta- he's got actual yeah. genuine talent. Like it's Paul Schrader. Like he, he's got a touch. of. So these guys are, it's, it feels more in line with like. Hey, we got this script. We have the chance to hire Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. Let's blow all our money on it, and yep. people that'll get us recognition. Yes, because I think you you can make a movie relatively inexpensively now. And if this was a COVID production, there's a lot of expenses there, whatever. But like, they're just driving around. Like they need a car, and they need to clear like a diner and a ditch, and like whatever. Like that's yeah. just, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just a couple places, right? And again, a hospital underground. Like once you have those, oh, and that parking structure could. Could have been anywhere. It didn't exactly. need to be a hospital. Like, right. yeah, there's so many. It's almost like student filmmaking um, kind of stuff. But, and, you know, we've seen it before, but this is really, I will give the movie a lot of credit for putting something together that kind of makes it all the way to the end. You know, like it's very scarce. It's very kind of bare bones and stuff. But like, like it still come. it still holds together. Like it might not be great and it might not, you know, I might not love it, but like it, 
you know, I didn't, you know, Again, it's still not, made it to the not, end. It's not bad. It's just not what I want. I don't, you know, no, it's, I feel it's, you. I feel you. the other thing that I really liked about this movie. And I think it's, so there's the scene where they go to the diner, the roadhouse diner, and there's a couple in there that somehow disappears, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing about that scene makes any sense. But there is the jukebox thing, which is kind of fun. Like, I, I I, will never, like, again, it's like, look how crazy he's being. But, like, I will never not at least somewhat enjoy kind of a karaoke performance like oh that. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah, that was great. Uh, like, what I will say, not to, sorry, not to no, derail no, you, but there is, please. have you seen the movie from this year yet, Sanctuary, with Margaret Qualley and no. Chris Abbott? Second, th- second favorite movie of the year. Love it. Absolutely love it. It's, that's basically also feels like a COVID movie. It's, it's just two of them in an apartment for most of the movie. But Margaret Qualley, you know Margaret Qualley, right? From like the leftovers from, okay. uh, oh God, I'm freezing. But like, I love her. She's she's Annie McDowell's daughter. Oh yeah, I definitely know her. Um, she's been in a bunch Once of Once upon a time, Hollywood. Yes. Feet on the dashboard. She, before she was an actor, was a dancer. Okay. And so in a lot of things like spike jones also did a perfume ad i'm getting way yes, off topic here i saw that the kenzo fragrance thing yeah. where she dances like that's she's her okay she's amazing right yeah yeah there's a scene in sanctuary where she just like dances for three minutes i'm she like just and margaret and like it. i love the movie and i love her but i'm just like this rules this is so good so like it's kind of like rooney mara eating a pie in the middle of ghost it's not, story but i appreciate it yes <laughs> but it's like I don't love Cage being crazy. Like, wouldn't it be funny if he like turned on the jukebox and sang a song? It's like, yeah, that'd be really funny, man. But like, still, I still enjoy that. I feel like this movie earned that scene more than most. This, this to me, that wasn't the movie just doing what it wanted. It's, it's the movie taking the opportunity to be like, okay, it may, we, we're, we're now we're in this diner. We have hostages, mm-hmm. uh, and he's about to go nuts. Like, what is something that this guy would do? Uh, and I buy the idea, like it's, it's the right time to do like the sing along, dance along, yes. karaokeing uh, kind of thing. So, and Cage did it, does it some of the best. So I like that, and like also what I like is that I've never really seen because in this scene, Cage has all the power, right? He's mm-hmm. the only one in the room with a the gun. There's a chef in the back who's terrified. There's the young waitress who's terrified. There's the mama young girl who's terrified, and Kinnaman is literally handcuffed to the table. No one has any power except for Cage, and there's a the trucker who like. Sit the fuck down. But what I what I don't I don't know that I've ever seen before, and I think worked really well here is the slow-mo shootout where like the only guy with the gun loses a lot of the power in a believable way. Mm-hmm. Where like Kinnaman headbutts him and everyone like is like run. Right. And Scatter. Still the trucker gets shot, which we're okay with because he said the F word. Well, that's funny because I was like, where's his gun? Right. Because of you his assumed, yes. bias and mm-hmm. attitude and, mm-hmm. and all that shit. I was like, I just assumed that he would be carrying a weapon too. But I thought, I was just like, this is kind of a cool sort of subversion of like, because in, uh-huh. in another, in a less good movie, not that this is a great movie, but like in the less good movie, Cage would just shoot the guy and that'd be the end of it, right? It's just yeah. like, you're dead. But here it's like, but what if he had a chance? Like, what if he had an actual chance to get away? And then, like, as I'm complimenting this, like, while we were watching, just like, well, why didn't the chef run away? Why did the why did waitress the waitress hide in the bathroom? Like, yeah. as soon as you hear gunfire, just, like, sprint. You know what I mean? Like, just get out of there. And they didn't. And I get there terrified or whatever. But it's like, I like the first part of that where Cage has all the power. And then suddenly, yeah. maybe through overconfidence or whatever, loses a lot of that. So well, that's that, cool. That would have been very interesting to explore for the rest of the movie. You know, if there was a, a if that scene provided a heavy shift in the power dynamic and now 
roles were reversed for the rest of the movie or yep. something like then then it would have uh, you know paid off a lot better and everything. Uh, and that's basically the end of the list of things that I oh, like. Okay. Before I we get to the other stuff, is there other stuff that you liked about the movie? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like when he uh, set the back of the restaurant or the diner on fire because I think those were real flames. It and, seemed uh, like it. They were really. Uh, that was a really great shot of him, um, like smoking in front. Oh, the Mol- Molotov cocktails. He threw a couple of those into some cars. There is. He's like cigarette lighter with a very tall flame is just a very cool visual thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember when I used to smoke and get the Bix, you could, like, turn up the mm-hmm. flame all the way, and it'd be, like, torches and stuff like that. Um, Because the movie is relatively short. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. But So there's not, like, you know, it's not like we're glossing over things, but for basically a two-hander... You know, it's fine. Yeah, for what it for what it is, like it could have gone a lot. It could have gone a lot worse. Like you said, like at least it's it's at least it's got Cage in here, and this seems to be one of the movies where like Cage realizes he could kind of do what he wants and work a lot of stuff out of his system. Yep. You know, so I feel like it's good that we get these every once in a while because he can cut loose in a way that he may not want to. Um, when we get to other, you know, stuff more sort of, um, I don't know, mainstream or like, um, you know, widely releasable. Sure. Yeah just say that <laughs> some things i don't like the father to be racing to meet so i thought when it was the driver and the passenger that he was gonna be like an uber driver yeah he's not. i thought so too he's just a guy who we never know what he does nope going to try to get to the hospital to meet his wife who's having a kid their second kid after she like miscarried the, the third, first so yeah so they miscarried the first they uh-huh. have a son and this is going to be their next and they have a, yeah. they have a baby girl by the end but i was just like so the father to be is is it's the it's the second most popular trope of like retiring next week. You know that hmm. one week away from retirement, and then like yep. you get killed or whatever. Just like it's the same kind of thing. Which is like, oh, we empathize with him because he's about to have a kid. It's just like, all right. And they doubled down by being like they lost a kid. And yeah, this and that. And then, yeah, I didn't I didn't really like love his sort of speech at the end where he was like rationalizing um his his like good life afterwards. He was like, I took a child, and then God took our child but then i got another child so i treated it like it was your child's back and it's like what it's like dude your rationale is just like all over the place had no idea what nicholas cage's accent was when he's just like south boston i was just like no it's not by the time he starts going like he literally goes edward g edward g i'm like okay well you're doing a version of something like that or you're just making something up that is just it's so fun is it i thought so I love when he does voices. Like, well, you like you love voices. Well, also the difference is like if he's gonna go unhinged, like he's gonna do here, he better sound different or, or weird. And he does voice. He does lots of voices, you know. Um, so, so again, it's just it's just more that he can't do in a more mainstream film. That's a nice spin. That this is the second time you said that. Like, if he's getting it out of system, so he can like act more normally, quote unquote, normally, like more like reserved, like using things like if he just like. I got the spirit in me. I got, yeah. all, I got all, my soul still dancing. You know what I mean? Like the <laughs> right, right. Like if he's got to get it out of a system, like put it all in one movie. Just like I want to see what he not what came out before, but what he was shooting before Pig that exhausted him to the point where he could tap in mm. to that character yeah. and that sort of maybe Willie. Rem- <laughs> Although Willie doesn't talk, I mean, but there's still a but lot. It's of a lot of crazy manic action. He's also not Willie. The other thing I don't like, and I mentioned this before, is like it, it just feels so empty. Like yeah. it feels, and I don't know if that's a casualty of COVID or a budgetary reason or whatever, but there are so many shots of just like streets with no cars on it. They drive down the strip and there's no cars and it's just like, 
Well, dude, After Hours has more people in it than this movie, and it's not supposed to. You know, the Scorsese movie where yes. a guy gets lost in South Manhattan and everything, and it's, like, supposed to be barren. And it's, like, it feels like that. Like, almost it's a nightmare scenario of some kind. And I even leaned over to you at one time, and I was like, are they going for a uh, he's talking to himself all night because he's having well, dad anxiety? Well, after you said that, so when, when the redneck trucker uses the hard F. yes. He's a singular. He doesn't say plural. Right. And so I think he's talking about Cage because he's like this like flamboyant red hair and the jacket. The, the, yeah. yeah. And I'm yeah. just like, but I was like, wait a minute. He didn't say like F's plural. Did he just see one of them? But no, there's there's two of them. That there's, didn't there, there's no fight club. No. <laughs> hey, um, man, I try and fit it in when possible. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I think that's kind of it. Like it was. Yeah. It was a movie that, like, I wish, and I know that, like, movies, like, at 90, it's already, like, cutting it close, but, like, if they had trimmed, like, 10 minutes out. I just wish that I hadn't heard anything about it before. Did you know know stuff about it? I I mean, I didn't know about the movie, but, like, we looked at the scores, and the scores were high. People like this movie. And that throws me off all the time, and it's not like I expect... To like what everyone else likes or I expect them to like what I like but like it gives me yeah. a unrealistic sort of idea of what I'm in store for and for this movie to have those scores was surprising I get it yeah other thoughts about this anything else you want to say anything else you want to share no I'm just glad that uh we saw it I'm ready to go see the next one so the next one there is the one that's out it's the retirement plan which I think oh, is coming out I really want to see on this. Blu-ray in a couple of weeks I think. Is that come out this week on demand though? I think that comes out this week like the 25th or something. And that's with like uh Ron Perlman. Yes. Ron yeah. Perlman. Let's see here. 2023. It's got some other cats in there too. Is August Fish 25th there? limited. So yeah, this Friday limited. Okay. Uh is Larry Fish. Wow, Fish is back. No, are you are you saying that's what you're asking about, right? Oh yeah, is he in it? No, no. Okay. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Okay. Ashley right. Green, who's a young younger right. leading lady, and Jackie Earl Haley. Oh wow, former NBA player Rick Fox. Okay, was he, wasn't he on Oz? Who? Rick Fox. Was he on Oz? Who was on Oz? No, the guy who was married to Vanessa Williams, I think. Was on. Rick Fox was on the Lakers, like yeah, in the Kobe yeah. era. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he was on Oz for a season or two. Sympathy for the Devil, this movie comes out... No, this movie comes out September 26th on Blu-ray. Oh, that's like a month from now. But still not that far no, out. No, no, still still close This came out, I think, window. in July, so I think like two months after. This came out like, a, yeah, like maybe a month ago. And The Retirement Plan, the Nicolas Cage movie, at least comes out in Australia on Blu-ray in October. So that'll be oh, out. But like it's out. coming out limited, whatever, so... It'll be out, yeah. Um, but any, any other thoughts about... Sympathy for the Devil before we come back for the retirement plan in not next week, but Maybe I mean, who knows? Yeah, or... but you know, soon. Um, I yeah, I dig. I I I'm I'm glad we watched it. Like uh, it's a weird ass movie. I think Cage's performance is cool and unhinged in that way, and uh, I liked it for him. He kept me. I'll just say this: like he he's the one who kept me entertained and invested. This movie uh, can put you to sleep. It's a snoozer. Like it is just very like late, like slow at times and lazy. And you're in a car the whole time. You might doze off like you're on a old, like a mm-hmm. car ride. But Cage will keep you awake. Cage will keep you awake, and that's a nice sentiment to end on. Yeah. Go to cageclub.me/shows to find out everything we're doing. We got new episodes of a bunch of different shows now, almost every day. New content over at cageclub.me. But I'm Joey Lewandowski, and I'm Mike Manzi, and we'll see you next time right here on Cage Club. Mm-hmm.